1: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. A couple of guests lined up. Uh, Stephen Bailey will join us in hour number two as we talk some Q's football. We're about three weeks away, three weeks from tomorrow. The bowl game down in Orlando against West Virginia, the Camping World Bowl. We'll get Stephen Bailey's thoughts as preparations begin for Dino Babers and the Orange. We're going to talk some basketball. We've got uh, a few tickets to give away for Syracuse-Georgetown.
0: I'm, I'm just looking at them. You, you are. We've There's got so uh, many.
1: We've got a lot of tickets. We've got uh, four Syracuse-Georgetown tickets to give away, so two, two packs. And then we've got some crunch tickets for tomorrow night's game to give away as well. So listen throughout the show for your chance to win those. And then coming up in about... 15 minutes from now we're going to have Brian Hamilton on from The Athletic. Uh, a couple days ago he released a, a feature on Mike Hopkins, spent some time with Mike and his family out there in in Seattle. A uh, terrific piece from Brian Hamilton and uh, we felt like it was timely to have him on. Not only did he just release that piece a couple days ago, but then Hop goes on the road last night and very nearly knocks off the number 1 ranked team in the country. Uh, Gonzaga survives on a last second shot. Would that have been a Quan 81-79? One win? Yeah, you think you think on the road at the number one ranked team in the country. What a game, too. I mean, Washington fell behind by double figures. I had it out in the office and you know as I was wrapping up the show last night, Gonzaga was up by 10 and I eh, this isn't looking good and and then in a blink of an eye Washington came back, tied it and then it was it was nipped tuck the rest of the way. Gonzaga hits a, a free throw jumper as time's uh, you know, expiring and and the Zags end up winning at 81-79. Uh, there was one missed free throw in that game last night. Gonzaga went 19 for 19. Washington was like 15 for 16 from the free throw line. Well played game.
0: They could have used that free throw.
1: <laughs> yeah, they could have used that free throw. although They would have lost <laughs> their one. One then instead of two, but uh Washington, listen. Washington's got three losses. They're they're good. Um I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of that game last I fell asleep, night. Seth actually. But they're it was uh, late. They impressed me. I mean, you look at their schedule thus far, and their you know their record. You say, okay, well they're six and three. Well, they've lost to the two ranked opponents, and then their other one was by a bucket to Minnesota.
0: Um, not they're, bad. They're good. Yeah, no, they they're good. Uh, I I could not agree more. Uh, look, I I fell asleep. I I passed out. I was I was like fading at nine thirty last night. It was one of those nights. Like normally, I have no problem staying up until one o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I would have watched that whole game. Like normally, that is not an issue for me. Uh, I was fading last night, so I missed this whole game. But I woke up, I saw that score, and and that was my first impression. I was like, "Oh, Washington's good." Like Hop Hop has that team playing well again, and uh, I, I don't think that should surprise anybody.
1: They they beat Texas A&M already this year by four. They lost uh, at Auburn, uh, nationally ranked team, obviously lost last night by a bucket, and lost to to Minnesota by a bucket, 68-66. So, you know, Hop turned that team around in a hurry, went from nine wins to, you know, more than doubling that win total a year ago. And uh, I don't want to say they're... They're a favorite in the Pac-12, but they're in the upper echelon. They're in the upper tier of the Pac-12 in a short period of time. A remarkable job uh, with with what he's done. I guess we should probably you know lay it out there for our listeners who haven't had a chance to to see the piece in the athletic Seth about what it was uh, what it was about. And and Brian Hamilton spent some time with with Hop and his family out there in Washington, and and he centered around the the family aspect of it. That that was a big reason, and we knew that. Um, but Brian Hamilton delves deeper into you know into that piece of why Mike Hopkins decided to leave Syracuse. He was the coach yeah. waiting for so long. His father, unfortunately, as, as many of you know, suffers from dementia. He wanted his dad to see him as the, the head coach of a Division I program and be able to go to the games. And even if that happened in Syracuse, obviously, you know, his dad and his family, they, they live all the way across the country. And this Washington job popped up, and it seemed too good to pass up.
0: Yeah, it, it was a perfect fit for him. I, I thought that was uh, really interesting to hear. And, and the, the family was from there, and, and the whole deal, uh, you know, they, they go back to, I think it was Mike's father's childhood home uh, in the area. So it was a really cool story. And, and then obviously, there was the other part that I know we've talked about a whole bunch of times, which is uh, you want to build something, and, you know, you're not doing that here. I, I like the quote from
1: Mike Hopkins in the piece. He said, I didn't want to become the next head coach at Syracuse. I wanted to become the best coach on the planet. If that's not a Mike Hopkins quote, <laughs> I don't know what, it, right? I mean, can you yes. just, you can hear the words coming out of his mouth. At least I can. Um, that's, that's who Mike Hopkins is. And it, it goes into how he's, you know, just, so high energy, and um, I thought it was interesting too that he he tells the story of a, a couple of the recruits that that are on the team now. The first time they saw Hop, they both thought to themselves, "This guy's this guy's a little crazy." How is how is this guy? Yeah, exactly. That that's Mike Hopkins in a nutshell. Uh, Talking about you know one of the recruits is talking about how he's waiting to pick up his bags uh, at the at the airport and Hop comes behind him and just gives him this huge bear hug. Um, And he's thinking to himself like you know coaches don't normally do this. It's usually a handshake and how you doing, son? And you know Hop's you know giving him a bear hug and slapping high five. And I mean that's that's just who he is. Sounds about right. Yeah, he's a kid at heart and. it's it's great to see what he's doing out there. I mean, he's taken that that program and he's turned it around in a short period of time and it looks like and I don't think any of us are surprised here, right? Like you no. not, you're not surprised. No, I'm not, not surprised. All. I don't think any of us that that know him are surprised that he's having success, but maybe this much success this soon. It's just it's it's great to see.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. Uh as you said, it it's not surprising. It shouldn't be surprising. Uh it's awesome to see it though.
1: All right, we'll we'll get more into this here in about ten minutes from now when we have Brian Hamilton on from the athletic. I, I do want to touch on something to start the show as well though that that you just mentioned in your update. Uh Patrick Ewing says he wants this Rivalry with Syracuse to continue wants the series to continue it's coming to an end this year at least contractually uh the the last game of a of a four game contract and and you pointed out you know Syracuse is expanding its its conference schedule everybody in the ACC is to twenty games that means you're you know you're going to have to pick and choose which which games you put on your schedule moving forward. will this be one of them um I happen to think it's going to be. I think they're going to find a way to continue this rivalry, and you know, Patrick Ewing says he wants it to to keep it going. I would assume that Jim Beheim and the Orange want to keep it going, um, but it remains to be seen what happens because instead of thirteen non-conference games, you're talking about mm, probably having eleven next year, and so something's got to go.
0: Yeah, you know, I I don't really think that it's going to be there. I I, I don't. You know, I I think that. You're gonna look, you know. I I think that you're gonna look at the schedule in in future years, and I I don't think Georgetown is gonna be a part of it. You know, we we heard Jim Beheim talk uh, recently about well, we're going to 20 games and, and that means that, you know, a Villanova, a St. John's, you know, they're not going to be there. Um, and I, I think Georgetown falls into that same kind of grouping because, you know, it did take a couple of years before they finally put Georgetown back on the schedule. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't seamless. There wasn't exactly, um, there weren't exactly great feelings there for a couple of years as, as Syracuse left the big East and, and kind of left behind all those schools, Georgetown included. But, um, but when you factor in moving forward, you're going to 20 games, which means fewer non-conference games. You still are going to play in a Thanksgiving time something tournament. You're still going to play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And then, like, you're probably going to play a Bonaventure or a Buffalo and or a or Buffalo. Or both. Right, and or Buffalo. Okay, so how many more games are you going to put on your schedule against challenging teams, against, like, legitimately Like, decent competition. And, like, we can laugh and say, well, Georgetown's not good. And, you know, they they weren't very good the last couple of years. But, you know, Patrick Ewing has them winning games. And and at some point you would think they will continue to to play well. Like, how many games can you play against legitimately good competition In a non-conference, or or not? How many can you? Because you can play as many as you want. How many will they? And and I think that at some point that gets cut off. I I think that at some point Georgetown falls into that category that you're just not going to play that game anymore.
1: All right. So let me ask you this: If you had to pick between, and you know, we we heard that same soundbite from Jim Beheim. He said, you know, some of the games are going to have to go, like a St. John's or Villanova, or so on and so forth. So if I gave you St. John's, Villanova, UConn, and Georgetown, and you can I'm taking
0: Georgetown out of the four. Out of Every... the four? No, no, no. no. I'm. I'm oh, playing. You're, you're playing. If them. I'm only picking right. one game, exactly. I'm picking Georgetown. So, so for this year,
1: for instance, they're they're playing two. They've got UConn and Georgetown, and I realize UConn was kind of a made for TV type thing, but they've found a way to play UConn in yes. recent years because it's an attractive rivalry. Syracuse Georgetown is an attractive rivalry as long as TV wants games like this. They they will be played in some capacity, maybe not every year. I guess my point is is that if you're gonna if you're gonna continue one rivalry from the Big East, the one you're continuing is Georgetown. And now that UConn's kind of fallen off, UConn and Georgetown are, are really on an equal playing field, I would say, or relatively. I mean, Georgetown's
0: to step up, eh, Aren't they? I don't know. I I don't
1: know. I I don't know that. I mean they. Haven't really played anybody. I don't know how good they are. That's fair. Um, but I I look at them as kind of even. It's not like UConn is a top twenty team and Georgetown is you know five hundred like every year. Right. I mean they're they're pretty much in an equal spot right now. At least that, that's the way I look at it. So if you're going to continue a rivalry, especially if you're Jim Beheim and you've been here for forty three years and you lived through all those wars against Georgetown, I know that UConn is is more recently the rival. But when you think of the Big East and you think of continuing a rivalry, to me, it's it's Georgetown. So I happen to think they're going to find a way to, to keep this thing going, especially if both sides want to. Like if Patrick Ewing really wants to keep it going, my guess is that you know Jim Beheim and the Orange would love to keep it going as well.
0: I mean, I would I would think they would. So they'll I, find a way. I don't. But I just I don't, I don't know. And and I that's the thing that's unknown here is is I can't get into Jim Beheim's head and and. I, I, I don't want to, uh, but like I, I, can't get into his mind about scheduling and and when he made the comment of I don't you know when he made the comment of well we're not going to play Villanova's in St John's anymore and we we laughed at it at the time because you haven't played Villanova in St John's in a handful of years to begin with, uh, but at the same time like I I thought that Georgetown fits into that same thing like I think that Syracuse will continue to play games against the teams in upstate New York I I do I think that they will continue to play. The Colgates, the Bonaventures, the the Buffaloes. I think that they will continue to play those teams because I think that they think it's important to play teams that are in Central, Western, and, and upstate New York. And and I think that it is. Uh I don't know that they will then get to Georgetown. Like I I, I just I'm just not sure when you take away two more non-conference games. What's gonna go. You know, the, you know what's not gonna go? What's not gonna go is Moorhead State and Eastern Washington. You know, what's not gonna go away are are Arkansas States. Like you're not gonna get rid of easy games to put potentially more challenging games on your schedule. Like we've talked about this, and we talked about it last year with Syracuse's NCAA tournament resume. Their non conference schedule is is difficult enough, right? Like it's it's not the most challenging year in and year out but it's challenging enough and it does the job um like good enough to get you into the tournament tournament and put you in a good position i don't know that they're going to be like you know what with 20 cc games we've got to still play a difficult non-conference schedule i think that they'll Get rid of those more difficult games and go with the easier
1: ones. All right, you've got thirteen non-conference schedules on the slate this year. Yes, I'm going to rattle off a few: Arkansas State, Old Dominion, Northeastern, Cornell, Colgate, Morehead State, Eastern Washington. Right, that's half of your games right there. Colgate but, and Cornell aren't going anywhere, and Eastern but,
0: and Eastern Washington and Morehead State are part of that that two K classic. Understood. So those, those kinds of games are always going to be there.
1: Understood. So I was going to I'll leave those on there as well. Instead of seven, that all that means is you can only play five. Like, w- would you miss? You know, if Arkansas State, Old Dominion, um, and Northeastern, if you could only play, you know, one of those,
0: wouldn't that be fine? And yes. then you keep
1: Georgetown on the schedule. I, I, be, I hear what you're it would, saying.
0: It would be fine for me, but I don't know that they're taking that game off in favor of putting what what should be a more challenging game on. And that's that's what I was going to say. Is it's not like
1: Georgetown is a top ten team. It's not like it. it no, it, but they're better than Arkansas State. Yes, understood. <laughs> but don't you? I mean, they're they're good enough that that. You know, you could go on the road and and you could beat them, um, and and if you play them at home, it's not going to kill your RPI. I, the the way that I look at it is, I, I think if you want to make it a priority to keep them, you'll find a way to keep them. You eliminate Arkansas right. State and Old Dominion, nobody's going to care.
0: That's what it comes down to. If they want to keep playing Georgetown, they will keep playing Georgetown. I tend to they, think they will. If they don't want to keep playing Georgetown, they won't. Like it, that's what it comes down to. Do they want to do it? I think it was
1: more so Georgetown didn't want it in the beginning. When Syracuse left, there were some bitter feelings. Now that you know that's been smoothed over. And honestly, Georgetown needs Syracuse more than Syracuse needs Georgetown. So Georgetown's really going to want to continue this series. I think Syracuse will want to continue it as well. We do need to take a timeout again. Brian Hamilton from The Athletic coming up next. Keep it here. Orange Station rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio.
0: Jumper on the way. Three. Dungy leaps and into the end zone for Dungy. A touchdown. If that's not on every highlight show tonight, Three. then I, I don't know who's watching.
1: Howard. Oh, the shot. Ah! Soaring through the air. High-flying Slovakian.
0: Screen pass here. He'll get one. And he stays alive, but he's got room. To the ten. One man to beat. He'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse. And for Syracuse, party time.
1: Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Stephen Fonti, Seth Goldberg with you up until 2 o'clock. 315-437-7644. We've got Stephen Bailey from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard joining us here in about 15 minutes. We'll talk some Cuse football with Stephen, the Orange, getting ready for the Camping World Bowl three weeks from tomorrow down in Orlando, Florida. We kick off hour number two, though, with our weekly pick segment, No Show Tomorrow. So we've got to get our picks in and uh are you are you nervous yet? I think I asked you last week you said no.
0: No, what why am I nervous? Because like, I'm, we have I'm nothing, tracking you down. We have nothing on the line for these. They're oh, for stop. We'll,
1: we're we're going to, you know, the loser buys the winner lunch. Okay, I mean fine. that so, you know. Fine. A meal no, on not, the line. I'm not nervous. Okay. And pride for the whole next year. Fine. Whatever. I'm not nervous. What, what are the, what's the uh what's the updated uh standings?
0: Uh I'm up just slightly. You're thirty six, twenty eight and one. I'm thirty seven, twenty six, and two. Nice. Somebody so like a game, that and, a game back? and a half.
1: I'm right there, Seth. I am knocking on the door. You are? I've been behind the entire season. Yes. You started like.
0: I started like fifteen and two and or something. I've been yeah. pretty bad recently.
1: I'm breathing down your neck. All this right. is
0: why I don't actually gamble on sports. By the way.
1: We both have I a winning record. Would, by the way, I
0: knew this would turn.
1: It's okay. We're both on the positive side. That's good. Uh, All right, so you know how this works by now. Five games, we do uh, Bills, Giants, and SU, and then two wild cards. Obviously no Syracuse game, so we'll do Bills, Giants, and three wild cards this week. Uh, Let's start with the Bills. Three and a half point favorites at home against the Jets. Who do you got?
0: I took the Bills. Uh, They won by 40 the last time they played. Um, I I don't think the Jets are very good. I don't think that they're going to miraculously be better. So, give me the bills.
1: Yeah, give me the bills as well. Um I've been pleasantly surprised with Josh Allen. You know that I was reluctant to buy into, you know, Josh Allen being the the franchise quarterback. He's done some really good things. I mean, you look at the the performance a week ago and they they didn't get the win probably should have gotten the win. Charles Clay dropped that, that touchdown pass right down near the goal line that, that would have put him ahead. Uh he was fantastic in the fourth quarter with his legs, you know, eluding the rush and buying time and just and creating plays and his arm strength. I know he's still got to work on his accuracy and he's you know, it's not like he's, you know, John Elware or Dan Marino yet. Um but he's He's shown me enough this year that I'm I'm buying into. All right, this this is the guy that you want leading your franchise and and see where it goes. You know, through his rookie deal, like they figured out the quarterback position for now, and let's see where things develop. Um, He's been
0: better than I thought he was. Me too. Be.
1: Yeah, a lot He's been better. Better than
0: I thought he was. He's would. been a lot
1: better than I thought. I, I, didn't, I didn't.
0: I think he was going to be good.
1: I thought if we saw him year one, that it was going to be a disaster. You know, that it you know we we talked about this at the beginning of the year that you ruin his confidence and you know, you might ruin him, quote unquote. You haven't ruined him at all. This experience has been, you know, very important for him and his development and, and he's shown us all that, that he can hang in this league and play. So that's a long answer, but yeah, I'm taking the bills as well. Uh Giants are actually three and a half point favorites on the road against the Redskins because the Redskins are down to like their sixth string quarterback with yep. Mark Sanchez. Uh who do you got?
0: Uh, I'm going to make this analysis as simple as possible. The Redskins are starting Mark Sanchez. Give me the Giants. You think the Giants are the better team? Regardless of the quarterback. No, I don't. But with Mark Sanchez starting,
1: I think they could be. All right, so that's where I'm going with this. I think the Redskins are the better team. The Redskins are at home. Even if they lose you know they it, the, the spreads three and a half points Giants could win this game by a field goal and uh and the, the Redskins could still cover so I'll take the Reds I'll take the better team at home and cross my fingers that Mark Sanchez doesn't do anything stupid or doesn't <laughs> wow. do too many things stupid
0: yeah I, doesn't I do too say, many stupid you gotta, things you gotta you gotta really hold your I, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one
1: he's gonna make some mistakes he he, yes. he, he limits those mistakes and they they lose by a field goal yeah
0: you know, I uh, on a related note here. Uh, you know, I, I know we've talked about injuries and like how every surgery is a successful surgery, and the first one that's not is going to be the fir- the next one that's not is going to be the first one. Uh, the Alex Smith surgery was not successful. The Alex Smith surgery was very not successful. Yeah, You
1: told me about this earlier today.
0: Yeah, sounds serious. It, it sounds really serious. It sounds like he's got in, infections in his legs, uh, in his in his leg after surgery, and they had to go do more surgery, and they they still have him in the in the uh uh the hospital. I mean, that sounds like a very unsuccessful surgery. That I hope he's sound, okay. That you, doesn't sound pleasant.
1: You mentioned he might never play again.
0: Yeah, they think it might be career threatening.
1: Um yeah, I mean you hope hope that he's okay. But uh yeah it's it sounds very serious based on the details you were giving me earlier.
0: Yeah it it's uh it's kind of jarring. I mean you're you you never hear that. Like even when this stuff happens you don't hear about it
1: they it's say true. how long he's going to be in the hospital for? Nope. Just not out yet? Yeah. Uh, all right, who else you have uh, on your picks this right. week? Uh,
0: my first wild card game, uh, let's go to the college ranks, uh, Army and Navy. Uh, Army is seven-point favorites. I think Army's going to win. I think they are actually really good this year. Uh, they're a seven, uh, seven as I mentioned, seven point favorite. They're a top twenty five team right now. Uh Navy is three and nine on the season. So uh I'll take Army in the rivalry game. Go you, Army beat Navy.
1: You know what they say in rivalry games throw out the, the records. Throw out the
0: records. I know. And and Army Navy is uh like we, we can argue about other rivalry games. Like this is the best one, right? Like this is this is the best one. And and the pomp and the circumstance and, and everything that goes on around it, uh nothing beats Army Navy.
1: I don't want to touch that game. Throw out the records. I'm taking army. All right. By a touchdown. Um, I'm gonna. I'll stay in college as well. I, does got, this mean
0: I'm? Does this mean I am also betting against one of the branches of our armed forces? Because that doesn't. Like <laughs> that doesn't make me feel. You're great. You're saying the navy's weak? <laughs> no, just the football team. Just
1: the football team. Okay, I'm glad you clarified that. Uh, I'll stay in college as well. Got to give a shout out to the season that Colgate's having, and it's it's probably not going to end well this weekend. Uh, they're on the road. Uh, At North Dakota State, a team that's won six of the last seven FCS national titles. Think about that for a second. Six of the last seven. This gives you an idea of how good North Dakota State is. So Colgate has lost once this year to an FBS school in Army. They lead the country in total defense. They're giving up on average seven points per game. Seven points per game. The line is North Dakota State by 25.5. Gives you an idea just how good this team is. Um, But with that being said... I think Colgate hangs in there with that defense. And uh, listen, they've been great defensively all year long. They can run the ball. They can hopefully shorten the game. I say they keep it within the 25.5 points. And so this is kind of a homer pick, but I'm I'm taking Colgate.
0: Uh, if you want to hear more about Colgate, uh, Coach Dan Hunt was on with Brennax yesterday afternoon. So check it out on ESPN Syracuse. He said that this might be North Dakota State's uh, best team, which to me... I, I don't know anything about FCS football, but the fact that this could be their best team and it's not one of the ones that they had Carson Wentz for uh, is pretty incredible. Six of the
1: last seven national titles. Yes. And they're trying to make it seven out of eight. Amazing. Uh, all right, for my next wild card game, I'll I'll go back to the NFL for the other two. Uh, the Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Baltimore, obviously dealing with uh, the Kareem Hunt drama and so on and so forth. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll take the Chiefs. They are the much better team, in my opinion. They're at home. They've got a lot to play for. Ravens have something to play for as well, but Chiefs are trying to lock up home field advantage uh, with a few more wins. I'll say the Chiefs cover at home.
0: Uh, all right, I'm going to go with uh, one of the other best teams in uh, in the NFL. I'm going to go with the, the Rams on Sunday Night Football. They've got uh, they've got the Bears. They're in Chicago. They're in uh, at Soldier Field. Mitch Trubisky is supposed to be back, but I don't understand how the Rams are only three-point favorites, and I think that they'll win by more than three points, so I'll take the Rams.
1: That was my other one. I'm taking the Rams, too.
0: I, I don't understand that line, which generally means it's going to go take, the other way. Then I should take the underdog on that one. It yes. Generally
1: means you should go the other way, but uh, it's just it's it's too juicy to pass up. So give me it the Rams. Really, give me well, the Rams too.
0: Vegas wants our money. Uh, you know that that our that's fake saying. money. Yeah, exactly. That's saying. Uh, my last pick. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys and the Eagles game. Um, I'll, I'll take the Eagles plus three and a half. They're underdogs. They're on the road. Uh, I don't. I I I don't buy into Dallas, even though they're going to go win the division, uh, because they're going to win it by default.
1: Looked good last week.
0: They're going to win the division by default, so give me me the Eagles to, to cover the three and a half.
1: All right. I just have to make up a game and a half. We could have a new leader for the first time all season.
0: We could. We could
1: have a lead change come Monday. I'm yep. looking forward to that.
0: All right, we do need to take a timeout. We've got Stephen you Bailey. Are calling your shot? No, I, think, I, just okay. said we, I
1: just said we could. Because we, you it,
0: said you're looking forward to it, which which to me would make me think that you think you're going to take the lead.
1: I'm on a roll, Seth.
0: Okay. I no, was
1: really bad to start the you season. You were
0: really bad to start the season.
1: And now you said I'm eight games over 500. Yeah. Proud of myself. I need a pat on the back. Uh, we got Stephen Bailey set to join us on the other side. Keep it here. We'll be right back.